I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. We said we might be back if there was breaking news, and we are back just a couple hours later after coffee and football right here on On Texas Football. I'm Blake Monroe, joined by Bobby Burton and CJ Vogel. And guys, good news this time. So that that's obviously a plus and kind of expected news as quarterback Quinn Ewers announces that he is coming back to Texas. What's y'all's initial reaction? Well, my initial reaction is uh, let's let the word speak for itself. Let's let Quinn Ewers tell people uh, exactly what went into his decision. Uh, if you've got that uh, video ready, uh, Blake, let's let's let him use his own words here. Longhorn Nation. Ever since I was a kid, I've dreamed of playing quarterback at the University of Texas. I couldn't be more thankful to all my teammates and coaches, and I'm beyond grateful to be in the position that I'm in. God has shown me who I truly am these past two years that I've been here. And through the ups and downs, these fans and this university has always had my back. And with that being said, I'm coming back. <laughs> Hook them. <laughs> there we go. Panini uh, was part of the sponsorship of that. Uh, announcement. So we have a new, a new kind of uh, NIL situation going on. Quinn Ewers uh, breaking new ground in this announcement to come back. Panini, part of that uh, uh, announcement. Uh, congrats to Quinn Ewers, but to also CJ. Congrats to the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, massive news for Qu for Quinn Ewers to come back for Texas, entering the SEC with a three-year starting quarterback. You're obviously returning four out of five offensive linemen as well. Two of the you know the the running backs that were really leading that room. Uh, towards the end of the year as well. A lot to like in that Texas backfield behind that offensive line. Right now, it's all about who Quinn Ewers is going to be throwing the football to. But as we talked about, this was the year where the wide receivers and pieces around Quinn really elevated his performance. In year three, it will be Quinn Ewers leading the charge, elevating the performance of those around him. Big time, big time news as Texas heads into the SEC, you know, the conference where having a good quarterback can really make a difference. Uh, for your entire team. All right, guys, the other thing that we need to talk about real quick is, you know, we, we talked about odds this morning, and they have been changing, 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 to say the least. And I am going to put the new ones up here. Good news, because earlier, remember, Stark went way up to plus 800. He eventually dropped down to plus 900, and now... 1400 while uh Mike Norvell and DeBoer have both shot way up the board. Kiffin's still kind of hanging in there though. You Bobby you're muted. Dan Lanning surprises me. Uh you know, it, it's he's come out and said no uh in an official statement yet they still have him at minus 150. Mike Norvell is the big mover here. Uh, the Florida State coach clearly going up the, the – I think he's very attainable. 
I think is the best way to put it, right, guys? Yep. Kalen DeBoer attainable as well. Lane Kiffin, uh, Steve Sarkeesian going down those matters. And you have to think that maybe Quinn Ewers coming back has a little insight here. Um, and so uh, let's let's be clear about that. But uh, the, the, the fact is nobody has a better quarterback situation right now than University of Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, with Quinn Ewers coming back for a third year of starting, with Arch Manning waiting in the wings, and with Trey Owens also in the pipeline, as well as K.J. Lacey, uh, I tell you what, Sark, uh, you, you know, he may want to move or do whatever he, he wants to do, but there is nobody that has a quarterback room in better shape right now than Steve Sarkeesian, and part of that is getting Quinn Ewers to return like he did just now. Hey, Bobby, and I'm going to let you answer this now that the cat's out of the bag. Uh, Leandro25 says, what took him so long to announce? Well, I told you all that there were some things that were taking time. It, this Panini production took time, guys. It, it didn't happen overnight. I mean, there has to be a camera crew and all this other stuff uh, that has to go on, right? And so that's part of what happened and part of, part of the process uh, for him uh, and uh, what took so long. But it was always known behind the scenes that he was coming back. That's why I kept saying 98% or 99%, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and so that's the best that we could do uh, at this time is, is tell you that kind of news. Uh, but yes, obviously right now, uh, this is big stuff uh, for, uh, for the University of Texas, for Quinn Ewers. And that's why it took so long. Uh, I'm happy he did it this way. Uh, good stuff for him. I'm, I'm very, very excited because this gives Texas its first uh, three-time starting quarterback, three-year starting quarterback since Sam Ellinger, clearly. But before then, Texas didn't have a three-year starting quarterback for eight years. So just remember this. This is a long-term piece uh, for Texas uh, and a long-term play for the University of Texas. And Quinn Ewers gets to keep doing what he was, uh, in my opinion, destined to be. I mean, he wanted to be, grew up wanting to be, the University of Texas quarterback. He's fulfilling that dream. Uh, and so I'm very happy for him, his family, et cetera. For sure. All right. We uh, got a question here from Auto Pro. He says, what do y'all think? Is Sark going to stay at Texas or go to Bama? I think you can read into the odds timed with Quinn's announcement, but that, that's my opinion. What about y'all? I certainly I was trending from Vegas in the sense that it won't be Steve Sarkeesian that is joining the Alabama staff as the head coach. So that is nice. It certainly helps that he has a third year quarterback coming back to Austin as well. So uh, whether or not you want to parlay the two of those odds and kind of come together with odds of your own on whether or not Sarkeesian is staying or going or not. But uh, right now, I like the idea that start Steve Sarkeesian will be sticking in Austin uh, and I think Vegas is backing that up with the way that you're starting to see some of the odds around Mike Norvell and Kalen DeBoer start heading south. I would, I'd be interested to see where they go. All of these guys rep by Jimmy Sexton, by the way. Um, and if, uh, though for those unfamiliar with his name, he is the super agent, the RE, what's, what was the guy's name in, in uh, uh, the show on HBO? RE Fleischman, was that it? I can't remember. The super agent uh, that was on the show in, in, in uh, on HBO. This this is a situation where he is uh, the guy that that kind of controls and puppets. Uh, he's pull, he's the marionette pulling all the strings. Basically, uh, he'll be involved in the Alabama. He was Nick Saban's agent. He's Steve Sarkeesian agent. 
As of last year, he's Kalen DeBoer's agent. Uh, he's Lane Kiffin's agent. There's like a hundred of them, it seems like. Every major college, except for a couple, like Jim Har Harbaugh has a guy named Don Yee, but he's one of the very few. Most of these major college coaches have went with um, Jimmy Sexton because he's able and capable of driving a hard bargain with universities and uh, representing his uh, his coaches to the best of his ability. Uh, but uh, we'll, we won't know until the, the, the final bell is tolled, I think, on this. Uh, but Sark, uh, certainly uh, a, a guy that is well thought of. And I think that Texas needs to take that in the right way. I mean, how many times did people come looking for Charlie Strong or Tom Herman? I mean, <laughs> you know, how many times did those two guys get in the college football playoff? Uh, these are good problems to have in some ways. They're unfortunate ones in that you don't want to lose him, but it, it's, it is what it is. You'd rather be in a college football playoff than not. Um, and so we've got to follow this as it goes. Uh, I want to focus a little bit on Quinn and his maturity this year, CJ. He went, what did he go from 58 or 59% last year up to 69 to 70% completion rate this year in, in conference. I think he even went up to 72%. Completion ratio. Uh, what did you see from his development this year that you thought was good? And what do you expect to see from him next year? Yeah, I certainly think that was an improvement in its game. You know, we talked about the deep ball and kind of the, you know, kind of the issues that surrounded that aspect. I thought there were times where he looked really good throwing the ball deep. I thought the intermediate to short games, obviously, where he made a lot of his money. Uh, for me, one of the biggest progressions and, and step ups that we saw from Quinn Ewers is, is when and where to uh, take shots on the field, when to force a ball down the field to one of your, your, your top tier NFL caliber wide receivers or tight ends, or when is it time to check down and really start just taking what the defense is giving you. And at times I think Texas fans thought that he was just checking down a little bit too much, but that's a sign of a good quarterback taking what your guys can get and not putting the ball in harm's way, which he only turned the ball over six times, the same amount of turnovers he had, or interceptions he had a year ago, yet on 100 more passes this year. That's the sign of a, a growth and improvement at the quarterback position. Next up, it's going to be time uh, for, for Quinn Ewers this upcoming year to really put pieces together in terms of pocket awareness, continuing to take the deep shot, and reading through all your progressions all the way through, which he had done a good job of. At times, I thought he had gone from – you know, read one to check down, whereas, you know, there were times where he was read one to read two to check down. So uh, consistency in that regard will be, a, you know, high on display in year three. I'm expecting some really impressive numbers uh, in 2024 with year three of Quinn Ewers in the same system. Uh, I, I want to see I want to see the use of a fastball from him and better red zone production. And that's from him and Sark combined. Because I think they they tie into one another, right? Sark didn't really use him in that capacity this year. I think he wanted to keep the ball out of harm's way as much as possible. That's something that, that Sark and Quinn can work on together next year. Guys, we have a uh, super chat from Justin Yarbrough. It says, any update on the D-line coaching search? And Bobby and CJ, who would be the guy y'all go after if it was your choice? A D-line, I, look, I love Ed Orgeron. Uh, and I think he's one of the, he was one of the best recruiters. If he's available and wants to go back to being a D-line coach in his in the twilight of his career for a guy that he's known for a long time in Steve Sarkeesian, I would give him the keys. I mean, he is a he's one of a kind as a recruiter now. 
much better than Bo Davis. I'm not nothing against Bo Davis at all, right? But much better recruiter, just as good a developer, if not better. Has had more guys go into the league at uh, high levels than than Bo. Uh, tremendous. Ryan Nielsen of the Atlanta Falcons would be another one. Uh, he is now looking for a job. Uh, he oh, he and Sark know each other from his time at USC. Uh, he wants uh, recruited six NFL defensive linemen at NC State over a three-year period. But how many times has NC State done that in their career? Uh, then you, you look at guys that I think that, that are interesting. Frank Oakham, Rod Wright, those guys are interesting to me. Freddie Roach at Alabama, who Sark worked with last year or three years ago, is interesting to me. Uh, then you also uh, you have to look at, at other guys, possibly Randall Joyner at Ole Miss. Uh, and there are a number of others that you could uh, per perhaps look at. Uh, but right now, I don't know of a guy that's absolutely done uh, for uh, Texas at this point uh, or anything of the sort. I'm sure Sark has some ideas uh, at this point. CJ, do you have a pick? At the moment, no. I, I, I just hope that whoever the def defensive line coach is has ties to the Southeast. We've seen that be a very important, you know, fertile ground in recruiting for the trenches, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That has to be somewhere where Bo Davis was really, really good in creating inroads to Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida even. Uh, we've talked about Texas and its ties out west of California as well. I feel like that's been taken care of. You've got to have a guy that can step into the SEC country now that you're in the conference and, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of these big dogs uh, in that region. So that's almost a prerequisite for me. You talk about uh, Coach Ogeron, uh, Bobby. That makes a lot of sense. You know, what, you, what he was able to do at LSU, obviously the recruiting ties that he already has to that region, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. LSU, Miami, Ole Miss. Uh, USC. I mean, he's been around the block, and I'm I'm telling you now, he's a great recruiter. Is he going to take a step down? People are asking about uh, the Michigan defensive line coach Mike Elston. He's been a lifetime Midwesterner, guys. I mean, he's been at Eastern Michigan, Michigan, Cincinnati, places like that. I, I just don't see that happening unless, of course, uh, John Har or Jim Harbaugh decides to go uh, uh, off to the NFL. Then all all bets are off there. Okay, guys, this next question here, um, or, well, it's actually a comment from Emmanuel Roberts. says, ESPN first take with Paul Feinbaum said Alabama won its name and coach by the end of the week. But actually, Greg Byrne, the athletic director of Alabama, has told those, you know, in the program, from what I understand, to expect a decision within 72 hours of Saban stepping down. So we're almost at that 24-hour mark. Should know something by in the next 48 hours. Absolutely. Uh, I think that, uh, hey, by the way, bring that tweet up that you just sent us, uh, Blake, Would you, if you don't mind. Uh, Texas football putting out a tweet here about Quinn Ewer's return. I think that's classy. Uh, we need to replay his tweet, by the way. We've had like three or 400 people join us and since we started, <clears throat> started this. Uh, but my, my opinion uh, is that, you know, you look at it overall uh, and you, you just got to find the right guy. That, that's all there is to it. Find the right guy, get him going. Um, a team typically isn't going to win championships because of a single positional coach. I'll just put it that way. It is a team effort, whether that's uh, recruiting, whether that's uh, coaching, whether that's offense, defense, et cetera. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, I got that for you, Bobby. Let me switch my screens here. Sorry, I was bringing that video up too, getting it ready again. And here you go. There we go. Let me try to resize that a little bit. That's the Texas tweet they just put out a few minutes ago. We're going to play the uh, Quinn Ewers uh, announcement video as well here in a second, uh, which I think is uh, is really strong. Um, you know, we talk about all this. Uh, here's the video. Let's go. Let's listen to it again. Longhorn Nation. Ever since I was a kid, I've dreamed of playing quarterback at the University of Texas. I couldn't be more thankful to all my teammates and coaches, and I'm beyond grateful to be in the position that I'm in. God has shown me who I truly am these past two years that I've been here. And through the ups and downs, these fans and this university has always had my back. And with that being said, I'm coming back. <laughs> I, I got to ask you this, Blake. You're a, yeah. you're a baseball card guy. I can see it in the background there. You've got all these baseball cards. Is that going to be for sale? You think on Panini somewhere with that? Uh, they'll probably pack? they'll probably put it in some uh, packs. We also have this question from Ski Break that says, "Does that signed card sell for more than art?" <laughs> no, I have like one of the rarest Quinn autograph cards there is, and it's nowhere even in the same stratosphere as uh, as that arch card as it is. But no, I bet I bet it'll be probably released. They'll do something. My guess and. Closer to fall. I doubt you'll see that card out before the end. They, they may in the spring. They, they may for spring football, but I think it'll be a few months before you actually see that summer fall somewhere in there. There's a good so, question, Blake. Yeah, Justin Roach says, you think Arch is going to sit two years and be okay? CJ, you've heard the same thing I have. You, you go with it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he committed to – the University of Texas to play for Steve Sarkeesian. As long as Steve Sarkeesian is here, uh, that is where Arch Manning will be. You know, it's all about the development, progression of his play style as a quarterback uh, while being able to play at Texas, which is ultimately what won over uh, the Mannings uh, over the likes of Alabama, you know, Ole Miss, Georgia. Everybody wanted Arch Manning for a reason, uh, but there is a reason why he ended up you know, ultimately committing to play for the University of Texas, and that is to play under and, and learn from Steve Sarkeesian. So as long as Steve Sarkeesian is here, that this is where uh, I believe Arch Manning will be. So uh, it, it, whether or not it takes a year to get on the field more or not, again, I don't think it will make much of a difference in the terms of where he will be uh, for the 2024 season. So 
that's 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 it. that's it. That should you know ultimately quiet things down. But there will always be the question, and it's one of those things that you know if you have two five star number one overall quarterbacks, you, the question is going to be asked. Going back to Bama for a second, Chris Bacon says, is there anyone on the current staff they may elevate to take the head coaching job there? Bobby, you're shaking your head no, because we also had a question about Charlie Strong, obviously, and an analyst there. I definitely don't see that. No, and here's the other piece of it. Kevin Steele would have been a natural, potentially, uh, as the defensive coordinator. A week ago, he retired. Um, And so that would have been a natural. Tommy Reese only been there uh, for a year, the offensive coordinator. I don't see that happening, although I do think he's ready for a head coaching job. But more like at Cincinnati or, uh, you know, Purdue or something like that, not at an Alabama. Uh, so there's there's that piece of it. Uh, and then I, I don't, I, you know, they've got some guys that have had some history on the staff. Holman Wiggins, I think, was the longest tenured guy on the staff, but he's now uh, at Texas A&M. I don't see Freddie Roach, their defensive line coach at Alabama, being in that category. Although I do think Roach could be a possibility at Texas. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that all rolls out. I don't see anybody on staff currently that they would necessarily circle. Uh, interesting name that hasn't come up is Mario Cristobal. Um, and I know that he has, he's at Miami, but he was under Nick for three years uh, in, uh, in, in Tuscaloosa. He might be a name that if Norvell passes, if Sark, Kiffin, and some of those guys take a pass, or they don't want, I wouldn't be surprised if Mario Cristobal's name doesn't get, get, get thrown around here too. I don't think they're very happy with Cristobal in Miami. Right they're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> but, you know, he has won a conference championship, I believe, at Oregon. You know, I think he's got Miami going in the right direction, at least from a talent perspective. You can say what you want about their on-field performance, but if they can get a quarterback down there, they're going to get enough players. All right, Jordan Baker. Any portal new? Any new portal news? No, not as not as not as of today. I I, I mentioned or not as of this afternoon. I mentioned this morning that Texas still expects to bring in two guys this weekend: Silas Bolden, the wide receiver out of uh, Oregon State, and Kendrick Blackshaw, the linebacker out of Alabama. To my knowledge, there have been no new Alabama players going into the portal at this time. So they have 30 days to to announce going into the portal. None have gone in that they've released publicly yet. That being said, as it relates to the two guys coming in for Texas, Bolden is not a mid-year guy for Texas at this point. He won't be here until the the summertime anyways. So there's not this big rush. Uh, Okay. The two other guys that have come in, Jamari Caldwell, uh, as well, the defense lineman from Houston, as well as C.J. Daniels, the wide receiver from Liberty. Uh, both of those guys are still in flux. I do think that Bo Davis leaving Texas hurt the Longhorns with Jamari Caldwell. I don't think there's any question that that has put a wrench in things. Uh, as far as C.J. Daniels, I think we could be looking at an answer here in the next 48 to 72 hours, if not sooner. And then we touched on this this morning. Any chance we're getting Ryan Williams to commit to Texas and Auto Pro? Does Texas have an even better shot getting Ryan Williams? Well, it's absolutely a better shot than what it was. <laughs> he was committed to Alabama to play for Nick Saban and in that program under Nick Saban. Obviously, Saban's retirement has changed things just a little bit for Ryan Williams. 
He reopened his uh, his recruitment yesterday as well. Uh, there's a new visit to Texas A&M uh, that is scheduled for this weekend. That is the result of Holman Wiggins, his wide receivers coach at Alabama, uh, now being hired by Mike Elko and College Station. So a little bit interesting there. I don't think it's anything yet to worry about if you're Texas or Auburn in that sense. Uh, Texas A&M certainly uh, trying to get a little bit of a last grasp at Ryan Williams. <clears throat> As you would expect, he is a five-star wide receiver. Some even say the best five-star or the best wide receiver in the country, uh, regardless of classification in which he'd move from 2025 down to 2024. So uh, Texas and Auburn right now are the two teams to look after the most. Uh, Texas will hold or host him uh, January 27th. Auburn will host him for the final visit on February 3rd. Uh, so two big-time visits coming up for Ryan Williams. I think a decision comes down to ultimately one of the two there. Texas will also host – uh, his high school quarterback, K.J. Lacey, uh, two times by before the end of the month with the last visit coming on the 27th weekend as well. So the two of them in Austin together, uh, hopefully for, uh, you know, not the final time uh, in their college football playing days as well. So we will see just uh, by the end of, what is it, February 9th, what Ryan Williams will do, which isn't necessarily a hard deadline there, but that is looking like the time that we will start to hear exactly where he will end up. This Auburn discussion reminds me of something I need to say about C.J. Daniels, by the way, the, the wide receiver out of Liberty. Uh, Texas uh, only brought in two guys last week uh, for official visits, uh, C.J. Daniels uh, and Jamari Caldwell. Auburn, where C.J. Daniels was two days earlier, at the same time C.J. Daniels were, was there, they brought in three other transfer wide receivers. Texas is definitely selling the point that, look, we're not trying to throw spaghetti up against the wall here and find a couple of receivers. We're targeting a select amount of wide receivers, and I am told that that has resonated with C.J. Daniels to a level. Now, what does it ultimately mean? We'll find out if he announces for the Longhorns or Auburn or if someone, someone new gets in the race over the last 48, 72 hours. But right now, I think Texas has reason to feel confident on C.J. Daniels. Okay, guys, we have a few more questions here. Um, this one from Emmanuel Roberts going back to Quinn and his announcement. Quinn is really good, but do you think this may be a situation if something happens to Quinn and Arch gets the opportunity? Will Quinn keep his job like he did with Malik Murphy? Are you asking me if – if uh, if uh, Quinn Ewers is going to get Wally pipped by uh, by by uh, Arch Manning. Look, I don't. You don't wish injury on anybody ever, guys. And that's the only way I think that that's going to happen or would happen. Um, do I think Arch is a unbelievable prospect and going to be a potentially unbelievable quarterback? Yes, but he's also not foolish, and he's not. He's clearly not living by the rules other people may try to live by where he's got to play right away. His family and him, he, he just doesn't see it that way. There's going to, he's going to be playing football for the next 20 years. That's how his attitude is. It's not about the next year. It's about the next 20, right? And what's best for him. So I think people trying to push Quinn aside or anything like that need to recognize that Quinn Ewers has two years of starting experience in Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Um, he's seen a lot of things and hopefully that translates into an even better. He completed 70 plus percent of his passes this year. Hopefully that uh, 
continues into next year and it gets even higher. That's the hope. Okay, guys, this next question, uh, somebody we haven't talked about in a while. RW says, why is Austin Jordan falling down the depth chart? He's one of the most talented players in the defensive background. I think it's injury. Don't you agree, CJ? Yeah, I know he wasn't necessarily healthy towards the end of the season there. Uh, that clearly plays a large role in your development if you're not on the field all too often. Uh, and so for the sense of Austin Jordan, that to me is is why we haven't necessarily heard his name a lot uh, on top of a very talented uh, defensive back class coming in. Uh, it's tough if you're not in that mix at 100 uh, percent to rise up a depth chart there. So I'm sure we'll hear more toward the spring and in, in winter workouts, but he's got to get back to 100 percent first. Well, and this is another thing I want to say, not only with Austin Jordan, all the new DBs, they need reps. Quinn Ewers, with all these new receivers coming in, they need reps. Hopefully this spring and summer, Quinn Ewers is leading the team in reps, un an untold amount, guys. That's what needs to happen. These Not only on offense, but also on defense, they're going <clears> to <throat> need an extra amount of reps this summer. Absolutely have to. So many new pieces guys that you want to work in, like Austin Jordan, Jalen Gilbo, even adding a piece like Jelani McDonald, Andrew McCuba comes in. You want to see what he can do. And, oh, by the way, we're still waiting on Jade Barron to make his announcement. So all of this stuff happening just means there's more work to do. Uh, and thankfully, uh, one of the things that Steve Sarkeesian doesn't have to worry about right now uh, is actually changing quarterbacks. That's a whole new uh, ball of you know, ball of worms or can of worms, excuse me, mixing my metaphors here. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark says, I hope Bama takes Mike Norville. He can't develop players as shown by his need for the transfer portal. I will say he did take a, quite a bit last year, but he also they also lost 22 last year. So yeah, quite I think that's a double-edged sword because it's not like Alabama is going to be a spot that isn't attractive to the portal. You know, you, I know a lot of people point to Alabama and that program as being solely Nick Saban, but if you don't think about the facilities, the locker rooms, the stadiums, everything about Alabama as a program, it's still a desirable place to go play for, especially if you're coming from uh, somewhere else in the portal in which you are looking for brighter or pastures. So uh, that's something that I think a lot of people are kind of discounting right now. Everything about Alabama football is up to the, you know, the highest, you know, par and stature uh, of, of facilities, you know, everything, stadium, atmosphere, fandom. Let's not even talk about Alabama fans and, and how crazy they've proven to be uh, in, in terms of, you know, talking to Feinbaum. We, there's, you know, whole <laughs> clips of, of that on YouTube uh, about the passion that they have. So it's a desirable place with or without Nick Saban. Hey, I want to bring this up, guys. Uh... David Benda, the linebacker. CJ found this, and he's ready to go to work with Quinn Ewers, it looks like. <laughs> They're both back. Now they just need to get Jade in the boat. Yeah. You know, that that would be a complete the moment uh, because Texas needs needs Jade, Jade Barron or wants Jade Barron uh, to come back, no doubt. Okay, we got a super chat from Shannon Hansen. Thank you, Shannon. And he says, Coach O would be Sark putting his foot on the on the league and defensive line recruiting. 
He really would. Guys, I, I don't know how to tell you other than he was elite. Um, and one of the most elite D-line recruiters I ever saw. Um, you know, just had never took no for an answer. Rarely lost the guy that he really wanted. Uh, could recruit and develop the three stars as well as the five stars. Uh, did it at Miami with Jimmy Johnson. Uh, did it at USC with Pete Carroll. Did it for himself at LSU. Uh, he's he's done it all. There you go. That's where everywhere he's been. Syracuse, USC, Nickel State, Miami, Arkansas, Ole Miss, New Orleans, Saints, uh, Tennessee, USC, and then, as you said, Bobby, LSU. So, a lot of places. Good. Uh, he's just a good coach, man. He is a good defensive line coach. Uh, one of the best. People uh, really are attracted to exactly how hard he works and the, and the uh, passion he puts into the job. He may not have been an ideal head coach, but that doesn't mean he can't be a great defensive line coach. Is he available? Would he even be available? Is he tired of jogging on 30A and Destin down there somewhere? I don't know. Uh, but he would be one of my first calls if I'm Steve Sarkeesian. Okay, guys. Well, we started the, the broadcast with Quinn Ewers. We're going to finish it with Quinn Ewers. Sean's going to put you all on the spot. Do you think Quinn will win the Heisman next season? <laughs> I would, I would take the field like everybody else other than Quinn, but I think Quinn's a top three guy leading into it. Has the best odds. It's yeah, going to depend on who steps up at the wide receiver position. That's going to be a big part of it. Quinn's going to be good next year. I think his numbers will be uh, much better than what we saw this year, especially in the touchdown department. But Heisman, Heisman's a, kind of a different animal. He's going to have to take a really high, a really large step. Yep. With without the without the come uh, the security blankets of Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, and Adonai Mitchell, and JT Sanders. Absolutely. Texas, by the way, is still looking for a tight end in the portal. I confirmed that earlier today. This may not be right now. They may, there may not be one in, uh, that's in that's going to graduate by midterm that they need to get in right now. All right, y'all. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this quick edition here of, uh, well, breaking news on, on Texas football. We'll be back if anything else happens, of course. Bobby, I know you got some stuff cooking for later today here as well. Um, so just be sure to tune in. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button and ring the bell. There's no better time to ring the bell than right now, obviously, with all the breaking news going on. <laughs> so you're notified whenever we go live or post the video. And for Bobby Burton and C.J. Vogel, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time. Congrats, Quinn. Welcome back, bud. Absolutely. Hook them. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.